Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hey! Hi, sorry about the wait. I was making tea. Oh, you are totally fine. We're just hanging out. So, thank you so much for uh, coming and hanging out with us on TPQ20. I'm Chris. And I'm Courtney, and we're so happy to have you today. If you see a couple dogs wandering around or hear a couple dogs wandering around, we've got a, a giant one near us that's a, that's Noodle down there. Oh, hello. And then uh, our, our little one, Presley, is in the background. He'll be teetering around sometime during this, I'm sure. <laughs> so um, we always like to start things off by saying, you know, we know who you are, but our audience may not. So if you were to kind of give, you know, your your pitch, um, you know, your heart song, who are you? Uh, yeah. Who are you? Oh, wow. It's funny because I, I, I listened to your uh, to your podcast and I, I knew this was coming and I was like, how am I going to answer this? <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm Jason B. Crawford, poet, a sometimes educator coffee master, avid quitter of poetry, uh, avid switcher of Twitter name, or they, them legend. Yeah, that is basically me. Now, uh, now I heard you say coffee master. So does this mean you're a Starbucks coffee master? I am a Starbucks coffee master. <laughs> now, do you, have a, do you have a black apron that goes along with that? I have three of them. Oh, fancy. Yes. I'm old school. I've been there for a while. Well, I mean, I came <laughs> I've been there for a while. Now, uh, now what came first, your passion for coffee or your passion for poetry? That is hard to say. I didn't start drinking coffee until I was like, until I was like really 19, 20. I started working at Starbucks at 21 and I was talking to my, my um, coworkers about this today. I used to have like a tall cup of coffee in a venti cup. And the rest was sugar and milk. <laughs> and now I drink black coffee daily. Like that's the only way I really drink coffee is black. So the the evolution came in there. But I remember um, trying to explain to my manager the elegance of just like regular Pike Place roast, which everyone hates. And I was like, well, no, actually, it's really good if you do X, Y, and Z. So I think that was like probably where I really fell in there for poetry. I would have to say, yeah, that came second. I did in high school, but honestly in undergrad, when I switched over to creative writing, that's when I like, honestly, honestly, like I switched over to creative writing to be a fiction writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took some fiction classes and my professor, cause uh, the way Eastern Michigan works is it's all dual. And we're like, there's no like fiction and poetry or prose and poetry. One of my professors, Rob Halperum, really, really pushed me into poetry. Like he kept shoving. Um, <laughs> and I ended up there and I was like, you know, it's, it's nice here. <laughs> so other than coffee, what are some of your other passions that might lend themselves to the world of poetry or maybe not that you just are passionate about? Well, um, I absolutely love and I, you know, 2015, Jason would never say this, but we're in a new year. <laughs> I love them. So I absolutely love form. And then the idea of also expanding beyond that form. So what I've, what I did a lot in my, my full length was I wanted to 
I wrote these form poems. So um, my lovely little sister of poetry, Taylor, Taylor Bias, uh, and I did a 30 for 30, but the 30 for 30 itself, A, it was not in April. It was in like July or something, June. And we only did form poems. So we had a calendar of each day, what you were supposed to do for that form. And it was like, yeah, this day you're doing Villanelles. And I was like, well, we're going to suck today. (laughs) Um, And I wrote, I think, 28 out of 30 of them. But then after like writing them, I went back and in editing, I was like, how can we break out of this? And what can we pull from this poem to make it a better poem? And it ended up being some of the key stones in my my full length because I was able to use form as a tool or a key to uh, get the words on on paper. And then from that point on, the form was able to expand me out to something magnificent, something different, right? And some of the poems stayed in form, but like not all of them did. And I'm really happy with the ones that didn't and ones that didn't. So what was your, what was your favorite form? And what was your, uh, and what was the one that you were dreading that became uh, one you're now proud of the most? Um, so my favorite form is still the pantoum. And I wrote some, I think I wrote some really good pantoums. I think I wrote some really good. And I don't talk <laughs> very highly of my poems often. You can ask any of my friends. Uh, no, you I, quit every other day. So you, I, really you are don't. correct. You are correct. <laughs> um, I quit three times on Saturday just in workshop. <laughs> um, but I think the pantoum is such a, interesting form in which it allows for you to recap memory because I'm using that repetition of language not only to give you a new way of um, examining the line but also like thinking about the history of that line so like it's coming back because you're remembering it one of the biggest things I mean I, it's not in every poem I write but like one of the biggest things for me is my grandmother passed away from dementia and that idea like watching her um, retell stories through memory right so like this idea of like she would forget that she's telling the story so she started over or she'd tell the same six stories because those are the ones she had but i would sit there and listen because i wanted to keep that memory like i wanted to be there as long as i could and like just in general like thinking of that like that remembering and like sometimes i look at my mom and i see how she starts to repeat things i'm like okay um like you know these are some of the same patterns like thinking about memory in that form and how i can like put it down on paper and, and like solidify it. That's very important for me. So I love the Pantoum in that regards. Um, I love that. Well, I'll, I'll, just a quick aside there, or not aside, but uh, this Courtney's getting a little bit teary-eyed. Courtney suffered a traumatic brain injury a couple of years ago, and part of that came with amnesia. Mm. Um, so the idea of having those stories, I mean, the notebooks that we have, that kind of are maybe that one shot you get at that one story that you might not remember 10 minutes from them. So it's so important. So that's such a beautiful way to, you know, to have that and keep that in, in you know, in memory and have those things written down. Um, and that idea that she's kind of that representation for you of where you go to. That's, that's gorgeous. I love that. You just start to look at memory much differently when it becomes much more fragile and you realize that those uh, stories are limited. Yeah, I agree. So what was the one that you feel you struggled with going into, but, you know, are most proud of now? (sighs) This is Dina. (laughs) Uh, I 
I hated, so like, I thought I knew how to write a Cecina and I didn't, and it's fine and it's okay. <laughs> and I wrote some, so most, I think all of the Cecinas that are in my full length are zero. <laughs> so there were, there were three I wrote for the, th- for the, the, the 30 for 30, uh, one got turned into a different poem that is in the book. Uh, one got pulled from the book. Uh, because it just wasn't good. And the third one never made made it to the book. But in trying to like replicate this idea of what a Sassina is, I was actually able to um, start pulling from and making new Sassinas. So uh, I did do a couple of Sassinas during my first semester in my MFA. Last semester. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited to be there. Um, I just got a syllabus today. Love it. And yeah, no, I got to like rethink it. And it was like really cool because like I felt like I was one of the people in class, like um, I, you know, being older than all of the students by some of them by a decade. Right. Right. Um, I was able to be like, yeah, this is a, you know, Pantoum. This is a Sistina. This is, you know, and they were kind of looking at me and they're like, oh my God, who is this person? Right. And I'm like, you know, nothing special. I just Google me. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I do want to Jericho Brown it. I think about it. I've had a moment. But uh, but no, like it was really cool to be like able to bring form to workshop because a lot of the people weren't they were working. Uh, some of the students had literally just come out of undergrad and they're like went straight into grad school. So they're not working in those forms. And I'm like, I've taken classes. So like, I mean, like I want my team, like I think about like my team, my people, like my core. I want you all to grow with me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. Very cool. <laughs> As you're going through your uh, process. Um, and working on um, an individual piece or even going through editing a full book. What does that look like for you? Do you have any like specific superstitions that you go through or is it? Um... Or are you someone who has like a thousand different notes apps, like titles and things like that? That's one of the things we've been hearing a lot lately are, are the, uh, the titles that people are giving their folders and their notes apps. Um, have become fascinating to us but yeah what is your what's your process when you go when you go through uh you know your drafting stages um so i have a couple processes that are all weird i'm sure you have seen the uh epic twitter debate of my my very dangerous driving (laughs) so until i got rid of my car my lovely beautiful 2018 Camry, um, silver, brand new, right off the lot. Um, I miss my baby. That's what we're really saying here is I miss my car. But I would, I had a really cool like cruise control um, that would, that had the sensor. So like it would tell me if I was getting too close to a car and it would slow me down. It would also like keep me within the lines of the the road. So when I was driving, which I drove a lot, I would sometimes start to draft poems because I don't turn music on a lot. I actually drive in silence because it allows me to talk to myself and think about things. Okay. Um, so one of my biggest things is like if I'm moving, if I'm like I'm seeing things and I'm like internalizing these things, I start to think of uh, ways to express what I'm seeing. So like lines will come to me and then I'll start to compare it to something else. And so I would sometimes draft poems in my notes app while driving. Um, no line breaks. I don't actually do line breaks until I get it out of my my notes app. So everything comes out in like prose until I 
put it like into a Google Doc. But as I've been yelled at by multiple people, including all my friends and Dinez, I don't, I try not to do that anymore. Um, so, and I don't have a car. And if I'm driving my mom's car, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but um, the other thing I do, I do have a notes. I use my notes app and I uh, will just, wherever I'm at, like I will try to start thinking about what I want to talk about. Or like if something comes to me, I'll open my notes app and start typing it. I took a workshop that was really cool in Detroit at uh, Tuxedo, the Tuxedo Project. They had a write-a-thon and we mm. did a bunch of workshops. and. Devin Samuels, Aaron Samuels' brother, Devin Samuels, did a workshop and it was specifically on the poetic push-ups. So it was like, you sit down and in five minutes, you write three poems all at the same time. And it's so cool because you're like, oh, I can't do that. Right. Like the faces you're making are the face. I like that. Like, yeah, yes. I know what I'll be doing tonight. Right. Yeah. And then literally at the end of it, I had three poems because there's not no time to think about what you're writing. You just yep. start consciously write. And it forced me to realize that I can force myself to write. I don't have to like have this like movement based writing. If I want to sit down and say, I'm going to write a poem, I can sit down and write the poem. Uh, with that being said, I don't necessarily do that all the time. Like I do right. let the, the poems come to me. As of 2022, however, though, I am writing a, a poem a day for the entire year. Um, I go. am actually, today's the 17th. I am 17 poems in. I have written 17 poems this year, um, well but they're not all good. But my idea is I can write myself into a new project. So we'll see where, where we're at at the end. I had a professor, poetry advisor for me for creative writing um, at Pacific. Uh, who said, you know, write a poem a day for a year because at least you'll have one line that you like good enough, that's good enough to take you on to that next year. And I, I like that. I like that approach. Yeah, because not everyone's going to be, you know, the best, but it might be good enough to get you to the one that's going to be the better one. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. And it's it's been like really weird because like I've looked at some of them and like, so another thing that me and Taylor, like when I say Taylor and I are like legitimately siblings, um, I will, she'll like send me like the eye emoji or like the, the looking eye emoji or I'll send it to her. And we were like, what's up? And like, I got a poem draft. When does he read it? And like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like fresh out the notes app, like read the thing I just wrote. And of course everything she says now all her drafts are good. No, all her drafts are amazing. But she'll send it. I'm like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever read in my life. And I'll send mine. And she's like, you know, it's great. And I'm like, cool, whatever you're lying. <laughs> but like, I can tell that I've done something I am proud of and at least like something I'm ready to keep working on if I send that over to Taylor. So say yeah. Taylor sees all the first ones. That's kind of my process right now. Or and sometimes when I read something, I like get an idea, but I try not to immerse myself fully in reading and then try to write because I want something to really sound like myself. I struggled a lot before with like try sounding like other people. And I really don't want to, you know, I love Denez's work. I don't want to be Denez. I love Douglas Kearney's work. I don't want to be Douglas, right? Like I want to be me. So one of my good friends, uh, Mars, uh, they are a writer in Detroit um, that I kind of like grew up under, right? Um, mentor to me. They said from like they read Summertime Fine. It was like, I love Summertime Fine. I love what you did. But it felt like it was like you cosplaying as someone else. And I love like what you did. But like 
the words were great, but it wasn't you. And then I read and they read uh, Good Boy and they're like, this is you. I'm really excited the world gets to see you. Mm. And that was one of the best uh, things I've, especially from someone that I've like looked up to for so long. That's really cool. So have there been any other pitfalls that you have or struggles that you have um, dealt with along your journey as a writer? And how have you um, faced them or dealt with them? Well, you know, I'm a perfect writer, so I don't have any pitfalls. That's what I've been telling None. Like, I've tweeted it, like, 20 times. Right. Right. Taylor told you drafts are good. Just publish your drafts, whatever. True. Straight to, straight, straight to, uh, to the New Yorker right now. No, um, for sure. Like, one of the biggest things for me is a, a confidence thing, right? I, even, like, coming into being a creative writing major, right? Like, I, when I grew up, I wanted to be either a singer or a basketball player. Like that was it, right? I wrote songs, right? Kind of, and they weren't that good. They, those actually weren't. <laughs> but then like, I went to school to be an education major. So I was an elementary ed major, double major in math. So like, and with a minor in Spanish. So like, that's like so far from like English creative writing, right? And I, when I switched over, I felt like it was a whole, like, it's a completely different world. I'm a creative writing major, poetry major, uh, with a minor in communication. Like, how do I, like, I, I felt so behind. And then, like, going into being, like, being older than a lot of the people that were already successful made me feel like I would never be able to do it. I would never make it, right? Submitting work. I didn't start submitting work until Lanny Stabil made me submit work and like, 20, like, late 2018. And my work's my first way to go, Lanny. I know. Thank God. <laughs> um, my first piece was picked up in like it was picked up on New Year's Eve at eleven fifty on uh twenty eighteen. So going into twenty nineteen. Um oh, yeah. and then from there, like, you know, I got a, some things picked up, but like it was like, you know, like I had I had a good twenty nineteen and I was like, can I do it again for twenty twenty? And then like also like this pressure of thinking like, you know can I get the book? Like, will I get a book? And like feeling like you have the pressure of other people are like seeing, like when you see on a timeline, someone has a, has a book deal or um, even like with my book deal and seeing like other people have their book deal and their books coming out and being placed on lists and things like that. And it's like, um, I read their work. I'm like, am I doing this? Am I able to do this? And a lot of times, like Half the time I'm quitting because I'm quitting because it's funny, right? <laughs> but sometimes I really, really think I'm not able to do it. I remember like the one of the worst experience, like I had a physical breakdown at work because I, someone got into NYU and I hadn't heard back to, from any schools. And I was like, I, I'm not going to get anywhere. I, I suck as a poet. Like, I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. And like, I'm making a huge mistake. Right. And like, um, I was wrong. I got in everywhere. Right. Like, like it wasn't like, like that was a little, little premature, but like at the same time, it's this idea of it's an imposter syndrome that we have that, you know, I'm looking at other people being successful and I'm measuring my level of success to what they're able to do and what they've done. And that's not fair to anyone, um, especially me. And what I've noticed with my work, those moments when I write a piece and I really, I'm really in and I really love it. I have to hold on to that, that moment as long as I can, because at some point I may not like that piece anymore. And that's also not fair to the piece, right? Mm. I need to give myself 
the moment and the credibility that I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this long enough. I know how to um, navigate a poem. I know how to teach a poem. I know how to, hell, I know how to write a poem, right? Yeah. And I just have to give myself that that credit that I know what I'm doing and I will be okay. People will read my work. Um, when my work comes, if it doesn't get picked up today, it'll get picked up tomorrow. And if it doesn't get picked up tomorrow, it's okay. That's not why you're writing the poems. Um, yeah. And so that's, it's helped me a lot because um, I definitely, especially 2020, I mean, it was rough for everyone, but me as a poet, even with the success I had, I felt like I wasn't sure if it was deserved because I didn't know if I was able, if I was doing it right, if like I was doing it right. So if you could tell that younger Jason just one thing when they picked up the pen or a young writer right now getting started, you could give them just one piece of advice. What would it be? Honestly, just keep writing. Just keep writing. It's, it'll be fine. You, you will write what you're supposed to write. So just mm. keep writing. I like uh, that. You'll write what you're supposed to write. So then, uh, as we move toward the end, uh, what are you most excited about right now? Uh, what's coming out? What are you loving right now? And then what uh, what should we be looking for from you over the next year? Uh, there's a few things. So what should we be looking for from you? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what am I most excited about? Um, I am an avid book collector. I read them sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I am super, super excited about, of course, my darling Taylor's book. Um, uh, I didn't click my heels. Uh, lovely, gorgeous. When I tell you it's a gorgeous collection, yeah. it's going to blow your minds. Um, I am, of course, excited about Gabrielle Bates's collection. Uh, I'm actually really excited about Darius Simpson's collection. Uh, I've known Darius. He, he went to Eastern with me, so I've known him for a, a while as well. Um, so like, you know, like a lot of the people that I have known for a while and like, I like really, you know, am around and, and love dearly, like are doing well. And I'm just excited to see them prosper um, more so than even myself. Like I, I want my friends, my community to grow. In terms of me, I do have a full length coming out in March. It is called Year of the Unicorn Kids. It's from Sundress Publications. It is my debut full length and I'm very excited about it. I got the final copy, like the final draft of the, before we send it off to the print for the print, like print draft. Uh -huh. And I like kind of like squealed a little bit. <laughs> the work is different. It's challenging. Uh, it really speaks to my like gender identity, but also speaks to the politics of uh, queer and transness and like to the idea of keeping queer bodies safe and, you know, and what we're not doing. Right. So like, how can we do that? Right. Yeah. That. And I mean, you know, just sitting around grad school, you know, Wrote a whole nother manuscript. Hopefully it gets picked up. <laughs> Probably quitting poetry tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You know, I am going to quit at least five times this week. Taylor is going to beat my ass one of these days. She's actually going to come to New York and beat the hell out of me. And, you know, I can't. 
it's fine. Hey, you know, if it gets another Jason Lee Crawford collection out in the world, then uh, then that's good to go. <laughs> so thank you so much for hanging out with us on TPQ20 today. Um, we absolutely look forward to uh, to following your uh, blossoming career. Um, we're very excited for you. Super proud of where you're headed. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. Oh my God, this is so amazing. This is so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.